morning, everyone. Great to be with you today on Christ the King Sunday. So a couple of housekeeping items. So today is our last day of stewardship of treasure. Twice, two Sundays a year, we talk about money uh, and the good news of the gospel around money. And today I've got really good news for you. Uh, but I have to touch on the fees just briefly. You know me. Uh, today is a Christ the King. Just one quick line. Today's gospel in John chapter 18. A lot of Christians read this and they think what it means is that God's kingdom isn't really here. It's something that we'll only encounter when we die. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus talks today with Pilate in that dialogue, and it's a great thing. Go home today. Go read John chapter 18. Pray with it. In John 18, what Jesus says is he says, My kingdom does not come from this world. And one of my favorite scripture scholars, he talks about how Jesus' kingdom is not from this world, but it is for this world. Jesus' kingdom is not from this world, but it is for this world. And it's going to tie into our homily today, but Origen in the third century says, every time you pray the Our Father, which you will today, and you pray thy kingdom come, what you pray, if you really understand what you're saying, is you pray that God's kingdom would reign inside of you. I love that. That's today's feast. Uh, I also, the Archbishop has asked all the priests of the diocese to introduce a theme that he has that he's asked all the churches in the diocese to preach for the next month. So next weekend we start Advent. Today's the last day of the liturgical year. Uh, and for Advent, the Archbishop has asked us to preach about the kerygma. So here's your Greek word for the day. Everybody say kerygma. The kerygma means the very basic gospel message. And so starting in Advent, every church that you go to, so if you think you're going to get out of this, you're not. Uh, whatever church you go to, he's asked all the priests of the archdiocese to preach on the same themes. So we're going to talk about that during Advent, and we're going to hopefully build you up so when people come to you and they say, what does it mean to be a Christian? You can say, you know what? Here's, here's what it means to be a Christian. Here's the basic good news of the gospel. So that's coming. Okay. If you come from the world that I come from, one of the greatest formative songs that has formed your life is called, If I Had a Million Dollars. Right? Uh, if you don't know that, go home today, look it up. I'm not going to say the name of the band in church. Uh, but this song was huge. When I was in high school, this song came out. It was actually released before I was in high school in 1992. Um, but in my high school years, everyone loved the song. Now, I adjusted it today for inflation, because we've got a lot. So... <laughs> So, in 1992, if you had a million dollars, adjusted for today's inflation, uh, in today's dollars, it would be $1,971,411.26. So, $2 million. So, we have to change the song to, 
if I had $2 million, but we live in Denver and everything's expensive, so I figure if I had $10 million. <laughs> you all know it's true. So if you know this song, right? Everybody, when I was in high school, everybody would always be singing this song. If I had a million dollars. I know you know the words. <laughs> and it's really creative. And it got you thinking. It made you think about what would you do if you had $10 million. And towards the end, I love some of the lines, right? They say, if I had $10 million, we wouldn't have to walk to the store. Right? That was pretty good. <laughs> it's hard for me to sing in front of you people. Huh. And he says, we take a limousine, because it costs more. And if I had a million dollars, this is the best line, we all know it, we wouldn't have to eat craft dinner. But we would. We just eat more of it, exactly. <laughs> That's a great song. And we've all done it, right? They, they caught on to something that all of us do. Right? If I had $10 million, our parents in our school, many of you, right? You all tell me, if I had $10 million, Father Brian, I'd buy one of those tiny houses in this neighborhood that, you know, are like 1,000 square feet and they cost a million. Right? And that's what I do so I don't have to drive all day back and forth to Lourdes. What would you do if you had that? Today, what I want to talk to you about, we're going to talk about money. And money, what I, want to, what I want to say to you this morning, brothers and sisters, is money is not just something practical. Money has everything to do with your relationship to God. It has absolutely everything to do with your relationship with God. Which is why Jesus talks about it all over the New Testament. One, one author I was reading says that about 25% of Jesus' teachings are about money. One quarter. Today, your, your relationship to your money has everything to do with your relationship to God, and I've got good news for you. The gospel has good news about money, has good news about how God has commandments and teachings that can change your life, that can set you free. And so that's what I want to challenge you to today. So what you would do with that $10 million, if you had it, it says a little bit about you. And we all do this, don't we? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, he says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your heart at? When it's, when it's still warm, you know, today feels like we're, we're venturing into, into winter. But when it's still warm, almost every Monday I go biking. I have my road bike and I'll go with my brother Priest. And, and one of the places I'll go is not too far from where I grew up. And there's these gorgeous houses. And they have land and they have this beautiful view down in the foothills. And you know what I think. I, I look at it and I'm like, man, if I just had one of these houses. And I'm like, Jesus, I'm your priest, so I get one of these in heaven, right? 
Isn't that the deal? What would you buy with $10 million? You know, if you're, uh, if you're a, a mom or a dad, maybe you'd say, you know what, I'd buy a personal chef. Pay for a personal chef so then we can take care of dinner and have more leisure time. Maybe you'd pay for a live-in nanny. A lot of you tell me, you're like, Father Brian, my kids are either insane or possessed. And I need you to figure out which one it is. At the end of Mass, it's so awesome. After the 8 a.m., Deacon and I were walking out, and this, this poor mom, her little, like, infant had one of those little things of, like, Cheerios. And right when we were walking out, she threw the whole box at us. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Kids are insane, right? And so you might say, I would get a nanny. I'd get a live-in nanny and take care of my kids. What we do with our money says something about where our heart is. Uh, when, one more story about that. Even small things. And here's what I want to challenge you on. A lot of sins in our life, Jesus doesn't tell us to really be watchful of. Money's tricky. Because none of us thinks that we're a greedy person. But honestly, if, if I'm honest, I'm a greedy person. There's a piece of my heart, I just like nice things. And I think my life would be better if I just had, you know, there's always the next thing that just be a little bit nicer and my life would be better and easier. And so money is tricky. When Archbishop Aquila assigned myself and the two other priests uh, to live in St. Louis at the rectory down there, there's three bedrooms. Three bedrooms in that house. And one of them is much nicer than the other two. And you know what happened right here in my heart? We kind of toured the rectory, and I was like, I'm the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I thought of the Lord, and I was like, I know what you think I should do. I know. But I'm the pastor. <laughs> and these two young priests, they're a little uppity. You know? They need to kind of know their place. Now, I'm not going to tell you which room I took. And you are forbidden from asking the other two priests. <laughs> but we all know this, don't we? This is how our hearts our hearts, we are always tempted, no matter how little money you have, no matter how much money you have, all of us have a temptation to say, if, it was, if I just had this, if I just had that thing, and by the way, it's not just money. It might be, you know what, if my husband just showed me a little more affection, if my wife just showed me a little bit more support, if people in my job just appreciated all that I do a little bit more, right? We all have this temptation to say, I'm not happy, and if I just had this one thing, then I'd be happy. And today, brothers and sisters, this is why your money has absolutely everything to do with him. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Origin says this. 
Origen says, that which someone cherishes above all else, admires and loves above all, this is that person's God. What's that thing that goes through your heart every day? And you just say, oh, I just want that so bad. It's probably not something evil. But it can become an idol, a false god. This is why our money, right, again, one last time, our money is not about paying the bills at the church. Your money has everything to do with what it is you worship. St. Bernard says this. And again, if, you, if you're not on our um, emails, really encourage you to sign up. These quotes are hard to remember, but every uh, Monday they get sent out in an email. So all the quotes from the homily, they'll be right in your inbox. So here's a prayer of St. Bernard. St. Bernard says, Come, Lord Jesus. Take away scandals from your kingdom, which is my soul. Take away scandals from your kingdom, which is my soul. And reign there. You who alone have the right. And here's what this, this is all about today. St. Bernard says to Jesus, Jesus, greediness comes to claim a throne within me. Greediness comes to claim a throne within me. Haughtiness and self-assertion would rule over me. Pride would be my king. Lust says, I will reign. Ambition, detraction, envy and anger struggle within me for the mastery. I have no other king than my Lord Jesus Christ. Come then, O Lord, and disperse these enemies by your power, and you shall reign in me. For you are my king and my God. What's that thing that sits on your heart, on the throne of your heart? And if we're honest, right, St. Bernard, by the way, is one of the greatest saints in the history of Christianity. And he marches through that, right? And he, and he gets it. He's like, guess what? Greed is inside of me. St. Bernard was a monk, lived a life of poverty. But he knew that his heart loved riches. He knew that lust was inside of him. He knew that, that anger and pride, that all these things are things that war for dominion in our hearts. What's in your heart? What's that thing that you think about more than God? The thing that you think will make you happy? And so there's two I want to leave you today. There's Two big threats with money. There's two dangers. And if Jesus is our king, brothers and sisters, we should, someone should be able to look at our bank account. If someone, if someone I get their, my login for my bank account, they got to see all my transactions, they should be able to tell that I'm a priest. They should look at my transactions, right? And they'll be like, boy, this guy likes gelato. And he's a priest. 
Obviously, he's a priest. Could someone look at your bank account and say, obviously, this person's a Christian? Obviously, Jesus Christ reigns over their finances. So the first danger is idolatry. Is it something as our God other than Jesus? There's something else that's going to make us happy. If I had $10 million, right, I, one thing I would do, like the stay of a steam room in my gym. So cool, I would totally put a steam room in my house. There's a danger of idolatry. There's something else other than God that will make me happy. The other danger is this, is fear. It's that God, there's not enough. Jesus, I don't really trust you because tomorrow's kind of scary. Inflation's at like 10,000%. What if there's not enough tomorrow? What What if I can't find happiness? What if my marriage doesn't become all it should be? What if I don't find peace and happiness and joy in my life? Lord, I have a lot of fear. And this is so powerful. I think this is the deepest reason that your finances should be given over to God. One more quote from Origen. Origen says this. He says, Christ in being beaten and nailed to the cross revealed the fountains of the new covenant. Now hang with me. This is super beautiful. For Christ, in being beaten and nailed to the cross, revealed the fountains of the new covenant. What are the fountains of the new covenant? What does that mean? There's a bunch of background we could talk about, but hang with me. I know I'm going a little long today. Hang with me. This is so powerful. This is what God has made you for. One background is in John chapter 4. John 4, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman's at the well, and Jesus asks her for a drink of water. And she says, how can you ask me? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. How can you ask me for a drink of water? And Jesus says, if you knew who I was, you would have given, you would have asked me for a drink of water. And she doesn't get it, right? She misunderstands. She thinks that Jesus is talking about just physical water. And Jesus says, anyone who drinks from this well will thirst again. But the one who drinks from the water that I will give him, the water will well up inside of him as a fountain into eternal life. That's what the Lord wants to give you. You know, all the world out there, everyone lives from scarcity. There's not enough. And if I just had that house, Or, Lord, if I'm just scared of the future, what if I could just pay my bills? There's not enough. The world lives from scarcity. You and I don't. You and I live from the abundance of
of the fountain of the new covenant. Every year I have to say this just to make sure no one's misunderstanding. We do not believe in a health and wealth gospel. It's a heresy. It's straight from hell. I am not saying that if you are generous to the church and to God, that you will have greater and more stable finances. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Jesus Christ is the fountain of life. And that when you surrender your life to him, you will live not from scarcity, you will live from abundance. That's a promise. That's how people, men and women saints all through history, this is how they embrace poverty. And then they didn't just do it, they wanted to do it because they said, you know what, Lord? Where my treasure is, there is my heart. Jesus, my heart only has so much room, and so I need, I need my heart to be emptied out so it has room for you. Is so that I can live from the fountain of the new covenant. What are you living from? What's the thing that gives you security, that gives you hope? What's the thing, right, on a Sunday when you drive home, do you say, if I only had that house, if I only had that car, then I'd be happy. One final quote today. Before I give you this, what I want to challenge you to do, stewardship of generosity, which we do every year, I'm asking you to look specifically at 2022. The mission here at Lord's Matters, and I am inviting you and I'm challenging you to be a part of it. I need your help. This church has a mission and your finances are a part of that. They're not everything. So is your relationship that you develop here with other people at the church. So is your time. So is your holiness, most importantly. But your finances are part of that. So please, today, go home. You don't have to give 10%. The church does not have a law for that. But the church does teach us to be generous. I think all of us should be working towards 10%. Go home, pray about it, think about it, and commit. Be intentional about your generosity to the church. But finally today, go home and pray with Jeremiah chapter 2. And so in Jeremiah 2, Jeremiah, which in many ways Jeremiah 2 is a prophecy of that woman at the well. Jeremiah 2.13, God says this. He says, my people have committed two evils. They've committed two evils, says the Lord. Number one, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Where your treasure is, brothers and sisters, there your heart will be also. You want to find life? You want to find joy? You want to find happiness? You will never find it anywhere except in Him. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus' fountain of eternal life is infinite. It never runs out. It never goes dry. It's something I don't have to fear that there won't be enough. 
My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they have hewn out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. You want the same thing as I do. I know you do. You just want to be happy. You want your life to be full. You want to die someday and say, God, I had the best life. You filled me with love and joy, with relationships and meaning. That's what I want. I know it's what you want, too. God is the fountain of life. And if we're going to embrace that, we have to cast all those other idols out of our hearts. And so Jesus, today, Lord, I, I'm guilty of all these things. We all are. Lord, I've worshipped false gods. Lord, I've been scared of the future. I've tried to store up against the future. Jesus, greed and pride and lust Jealousy and envy, anger and hatred, these things come to claim a throne in my heart. Jesus, you are my king. May you cast out all of these idols. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done.